Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Oh god, no, it happened again! No, it's okay, it's fine. That always means absolutely nothing to the people that are listening to this on anything other than YouTube or Twitch. I always forget, and of course this week would be the one I, I forget back to back to turn off the damn theme song from repeating itself. It's okay. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday, August the 4th, 2017. You know, I'm going to be honest with you, Panic. Looking at the bottom right of my screen to, uh, to find out what day it was today, I almost said it was August 17th, 2004. I can't hear you. <laughs> For reasons un... No, you're not even registering in Discord right now. Something has gone horribly wrong. Okay, this is fine. We can fix this. Wait. This is fine. <laughs> Nothing. Not a thing. <laughs> we were just talking five minutes ago. Every time. Nope. Nothing. Not a damn thing. You there you now. are. Yes, now I can. Yeah, uh, the processing's off. It's my virtual audio cable died for some godforsaken unknown reason. Um, yes. So, uh, hold on. I think I know. I think I know. Hold on. Can you hear me now? There we go. Yes. This is fine now. This is fine. You know what? <sighs> I'm way too lazy to start over. That's making the cut. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Technical Alpha. You'd swear that we came up with this name intentionally for the purposes of us never actually having working audio, but I promise you that was not the intention. However, very convenient that it is the case indeed. Let me switch on over here. There we go. As you can see, this we are week... the luxury dumpster fire provider. We are. The, oh, the top end dumpster fire. It, it, you know, it doesn't get any better than, than us. We are the, uh, the pinnacle. We, you know, you can find us not in Walmart, not, not, in, in, not in discount Walmart, like Target. You get to go high end. Not even Costco. Not even Costco. Mm, no. They can't even get those discounts. You know what? I saw a sick couch when we were in Costco, Gabs and I, here the other day. And it was one of those things Costco that Costco couch. brings in. Yeah, it was one of those things that you know, Costco brings in once in a blue moon. Uh, and they got like some sort of ridiculous <laughs> deal on it. It was completely solid wood construction. It was a big sectional. It was comfortable as hell. Um, it was uh, an amazing fabric that was like easy to clean and everything. And it was like 1,200 Canadian pesos. And uh, it was unbelievable. Where would you even put a sectional in your house? Well, it wasn't like a sectional like Jeff's where where he was trying to line the side of a football field. It was more of a reasonable size sectional that you could put in a space like I have. But well, you're not a reasonable size person. No. However, it was on the longest side long enough that I could lay down uh, and be much really? more comfortable than the, than the current couch. Yes. So I almost, uh, Gabs was so excited, but I almost pulled the trigger just just randomly. And then I realized that that would be the <laughs> dumbest expenditure of $1,200 I could uh, possibly conjure up. But yes, Mr. Black uh, this week is away because he is currently 
uh, spending some time watching uh, WWE live here in in Halifax. I'm I'm not sure what event it's supposed to be. I didn't even hear about it when they announced it months ago, I guess, when he first bought tickets. Uh, he even forgot that it was happening until last week, so uh, I hope that he enjoys like, himself. I feel like he could have delivered that so much better after last week's side B. Like, there's so many different <laughs> ways you could have taken that. There are, but uh, you know what? He's exploring himself. He's exploring his options. He's going Look, and checking out some men. Who knows? He could have you know, taken it so many different ways. I, well, conveniently, Jeff has already apparently taken it so many different ways, and I don't need to elaborate is, any further on it. He is reflecting. <laughs> any, I don't know. However, he wanted to go, but no, you went. You oh, went straight for the. No, it doesn't work. He's going. He's going. He's going right right into it. He likes the sweaty men wrestling, uh, you know, publicly for for money. It's just kind of a thing yeah, that he's into. There we go. Um, but uh, <laughs> okay. Full disclosure, not only is Jeff not here this week, but apparently Panic and I have had our period sync up, and so both of us are completely spaced out today. It took me three hours to fill out the script today. It normally takes me about 25 minutes, and I was staring at my monitor for the longest time doing absolutely nothing. after him and I talked about it. Like, I threw out a bunch of things. He was already reading a couple of things. So, like, we we had the list of ideas in like 10 minutes we're like we're good yep apparently i come in three he's like, yeah it took me three hours to put the doc together i'm like well done <laughs> well done it's brutal so this uh, this podcast is going to be brought to you by lack of food and sleep it doesn't pay very we still well got some good topics it'll be good we do i think it'll be good we do we, good we do indeed don't, don't take our psychotic weirdness as uh is a downplaying uh, the quality of the podcast. No, it is still very a, high good fidelity. Show. Good show. Absolutely. Absolutely. First topic of today. I'll even remember. Look at this. Maybe I have to be more tired in order to do this. I'm going to update. I'm going to update the text there. Look at that. Uh, PUBG. I have one joke for PUBG panic. And you know what that joke is? It's a pretty popular game. Have you heard of it? Yeah, actually, I've been playing it a lot. <laughs> Um, okay. which is, which are, uh, our viewers of the podcast will remember my rant or what you can amount to my anger meter, maybe going up, not quite launching off the thing, um, where it's pretty much one of those battle Royale survival early access games. And I railed against them because none of them have ever been good. Apparently I have to eat my words because PUBG mm. is pretty good and getting better. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, uh, and they've been doing pretty solid updates. They actually literally just had one. Um, it kind of fell flat on its face, but they've owned up to it, and they're trying to fix it real quick. Um, Servers are not but, the friend of PUBG. It's it's just like well, the, I mean, the, I, I, I give them credit because at least they're super upfront and fast about it. Like this patch went out, saw the problems. They're like, yeah, we kind of screwed up, and we've been looking at it. It's not quite an easy fix. But this is like our number one priority, so <laughs> give us a little bit of time. Um, yeah, but pretty much the bu- it's some latency issue with the number of connections. Um, uh, for those of you that know, PUBG allows up to a hundred people in like a battle royale, um, and from a networking perspective, getting a hundred people together on one server is not always that easy, especially for an FPS type game or you yeah. know third person shooter type game. Um, so what ends up happening on this most recent update? Um, 
If you have about 100 people in the server, it's unplayably laggy. Once it drops down to about 70, um, it starts getting more and more playable. And by 60, it's completely normal. So they're trying to fix that problem that they introduced in this most recent patch. Um, this patch yeah. also included a lot of other crazy new stuff. Like it actually um, publicly released the uh, first person mode, um, mm. which is a pretty big deal. It's actually surprisingly well done. Like, so I like if you want to, you can go in and queue up first person mode. Um, and it's kind of like a hardcore mode. Um, and so yeah. they've been having some that's actually, that. So that's where I think. That's actually what I got, you know, now uh, I'm going to be, I, I was going to, coincidentally, before they announced it, or before I heard about the first person patch coming this week, like I think it was Thursday, I think it was yesterday, right, that they actually mm-hmm. launched that properly. Um, I was like, you know what, I, I guess it's been long enough. I've been waiting for the game to get patched and to get to a point where it wasn't just, you know, as much of a dumpster fire as this podcast. And, and, uh, and then they announced the first person mode and I was like, well, holy shit. Now I'm really interested because there was way too much you can abuse in PUBG from a third person. You know, the whole like pulled back thing. The, the the most common thing I've seen when I was watching streams is that people would abuse this in stairwells where they'd stand on one side of the stairwell, they'd wait, somebody comes up the stairs, shotgun, you're dead, next guy comes, and it was like a, a meat grinder, and there was nothing they could do about it because you can see them and they can't see you. Now with this first person mode, uh, it's wildly different, right? You, you have no idea. And, you, and I have to imagine anybody that played the game a lot in third person moving to first person, they probably feel paranoid as shit. They probably think that it everyone is kind everywhere. of a first person mode before, but you were at a disadvantage if you were playing against all third person people. So like if you had that stare problem, you could have gone into first person, but it was kind of like it was a little janky on the perspective. So they kind of tweaked it out for the first person mode. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's 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 got my interest now. Um I'm probably going to play it within the next week or so, start playing it a little bit more. And, uh, and this just gave me even more incentive to do it now because I was, uh, I'm way more interested in first person than I am in third. Uh, it's just unfortunate that they were having some of the issues specifically with first person where the, the, uh, latency or whatever problems that, that existed or continue mm-hmm. to exist in third person seemed to be far more noticeable in first person. So that was oh, a yeah. bit... A bit unfortunate, but also well, kind of to be expected. the big thing is um, the server problems have been up and down. So, like, this isn't to say, like, they'll consistently have server problems. Yeah. But then they'll fix it over a patch, and then, you know, they do something crazy new, and it causes problems. So I'm, I, I'll give them some credit because they have been, they, you know, again, I, I guarantee you they haven't expected the amount of, you know, people they have playing the game to be playing the game. I don't so think I'll anyone give them a did. a little bit of a slide. Yeah, and I that's mean, like pretty uh, much on par with CS:GO or something at this point. Well, the 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 headline the that largest we have non-Valve here, game, right? Yeah, the largest non-Valve game, and it was we're talking inside of I think ten thousand concurrent people away from the record that CS:GO hit. Um, yeah, but obviously, obviously, Dota is the top of that list by orders of magnitude above everyone else. But, you know, below that, where everyone else go, you know, has to compete against each other, it did almost beat out CSGO for their top record of how many, you know, their peak concurrent uh, players. I think it was yes. 500 and, yes. 523 or something thousand people, some crazy stupid number. That's a lot of people, especially when the game is in technically early access 
and you know, there's only so much you can do to iterate fast enough to please 500,000 concurrent. I mean, if you think about that, 500,000 concurrent, how many people period own the game? And I think they announced that they've sold like what, five or six million copies uh, of PUBG. So it's, it's gone zero to, to, to a hundred really quick. And I think I think given yeah. the circumstances, they're doing pretty well with it. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna hop in and and I'll you know let my my thoughts be known uh, maybe next podcast as to as to how my experience went, <laughs> which will probably be me dropping in, dying inside of thirty seconds, and doing that for like an entire day, and then and then be salty if about you die life. within thirty seconds. That's like a new level of skill. Hey, look! Somebody's got to fill that gap in the in the bell curve. Panic! I'm just I'm just. Someone's got to be the first guy. one to die. That's true. Someone's you have be the first to. One. It's just statistically, it has to be there. And why not me? You know, sometimes you got to be. You know, you have to. You have to. You have to beat everyone else to the punch. Um, <laughs> there is no, absolutely no segue to any of this in this entire thing because all of them I'm are in no at that, particular like, I order. Have no idea what that is. Let's let me let me see how all right, I'm gonna switch around the order a bit. We're gonna skip down to the bottom there and talk about the International Seven. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna call this the I seven. Uh to save typing time. So so the International Seven, you know, the acronym that everyone uses. Yes. Well, that or you know, if they're like me and they don't watch it, they're like, What are you gonna talk about? Intel CPUs? <sighs> no, <I'm> just- <laughs> Um, so the International 7, also relatively popular thing, uh, currently happening. And, uh, I think they just started it this week, right? Like it, it, what, like mid, midweek or something, I think mm-hmm. it, it was, if I'm not, you know, out there, I don't really watch it. So I'm just going on what I've, what I've seen people talking about. Uh, I guess that there was a bit of a, of, of a kick up about, uh, the people watching live on Twitch TV and I'm assuming other live streaming services if it's being hosted anywhere else um, outside of watching from within Dota itself. Uh, and, uh, and I guess that would be the only other way to watch it, really. So the story mm-hmm. is this. They had, uh, you know, Dota has a, a handful of, of maps and they like to come up with like different themes for different shit, uh, which is nice uh, to a degree. But when you're viewing something uh, and the map starts to become a a bit of a of a of a problem in terms of how easy it is to see what's happening, that's a you know that's kind of a no bueno situation, which is what was happening this week. And I guess the map that they had uh, chosen to be used for the live streams on Twitch was really difficult to see a lot of skill shots or just area of effect stuff and it changed a lot of map elements and it made watching it really difficult now i i I guess because of how the game works they don't um it doesn't affect everyone equally standard client the players yeah the the players the original client yeah things differently so the players see it main problem whatever yeah the main problem they had though was also you have all the viewers watching this undersea thing but the terms for stuff under sea is very different from when you're walking around. Like you don't have a jungle under the ocean, you know. You don't yeah. have, like the lane names <laughs> were like you know the lanes were like in, on the ocean map. The lane like you know um, river is the trench. Mm. Yeah, you can't have a river underwater. So people yes, were just exactly. like, "What's going on?" Yeah, a so lot of newer viewers were just like, "What is going on?" 
It's a little confusing, the so they, they, they went ahead and, and, and changed it back, I guess, and, and good on yeah. them for doing it quickly, because that, you know, like, like you were saying, the players see the, the regular-ass map, which makes perfectly good sense, and if you're watching from within the, the, the client, you're also seeing uh, the normal map, I guess. So the only people being affected were the, the, you know, the Twitch and well, other yeah, live stream choose services. which one to watch. Oh. watching uh watching from home so yeah so that was uh good on them for changing that up and i only i only put that in there as well otherwise to just talk about how i how this kind of relates to how i feel about map changes in in pvp games in in general or not map changes but map v- variations i guess you could call it <laughs> like, like skins, skins for the map. maps yeah so like League of Legends had like seasonal stuff or or whatever and 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 that was kind of uh whatever. I don't know if they ever used it in competition, but uh I feel like if you're going to have an esport it should be a consistent experience from the player's side all the way up through to the viewer's end. I think I think everyone should be just seeing the same thing all the time. Um you know, there there's a reason why in other, you know, sports sports uh, everything is basically identical. It, it, there's good yeah, reasons football, for why that's your football the case. field. You have decoration in the end zones, and yeah, you know, that's about it. On basketball court, you have the logo in the center and the stuff on the side. That's it. Like you don't mess with. You might have slightly different wood on the floor, like the Celtics arena had a very different flooring type than the others, but you know nothing too crazy that fundamentally changes it. Like. For I was a big thing like for league, you know, you can't really have a snow map because that changes the dynamic of what you can and can't see. Usually, same idea with Dota. They probably shouldn't have gone under C for the viewer aspect of it because that changes what you see and it makes it complicated because you know that actually changes the game, especially in an esports. It's even more so. You know, it's not yeah, like absolutely. having a rain game or whatever. No, no, exactly. It's so it, yeah, I, I, I've just it was kind of like. I, I had a change of tone because when I when I used to play League of Legends quite frequently, I I always thought that it was, uh, that it got really monotonous. That there was only one map, and that they could stand to have yeah. like a, a map rotation of sorts to kind of uh, mix things up. And obviously, that introduces a whole slew of balance issues and and everything else. Because depending on the map, I mean that that uh, i guess i guess it's a double edged sword right on one hand if you have more than one map and you have to balance for more the, than than one map to a degree it means that that certain in in the case of a of a of a moba certain heroes or champions or whatever they're called depending on the game you're playing will be stronger on certain maps than others so it changes the the dynamic that way and that might be a positive thing where in league of legends for example Metas get locked in place often for really long periods of time, and usually you don't hear people being super ecstatic about how amazing the meta is in League of Legends. <laughs> so it might, it There's might, you complaints. know, it might help a little bit. But uh, oh, but I yeah, just... I, when it comes down to like an esport, though, you really do want to have as much consistency as possible for obvious reasons, like that we just talked about. I don't know. I think like there, there's a difference between having a stable meta and an unchanging meta. Um, there, like again, for an esport, there is the, the, you always want the meta to be stable. You don't want to, there to be like a blatant imbalance in how the meta plays out. But at the same time, part of the excitement about esports compared to other things is that you know you have to keep up with the meta. It's something to track. You know the game. You know, subtly shifts. You know, basketball is in a you know basketball and other actual sports. The meta is pretty steady. 
you might have phases where, you know, a certain type of defense will be popular and then, you know, our coach will come up with some other kind of plays and then, you know, that'll kind of change it a bit. But that's very different compared to an eSport where, you know, your heroes will get introduced and they change how the game plays. Um, you know, there might be in Overwatch, for example, the huge meta thing was the dive comp thing where, you know, a lot of the dive heroes, you know, Diva, Winston and all those guys, they were super strong. And, you know, with a couple of patches, it's now kind of changed that, you know, it's made it different to watch again. So, you know, it brings people back, it, you know, it keeps the cycle moving, it keeps it fresh. So, I, again, like, it, it's it's a little tightrope they walk. So, I, you know, I applaud Valve for trying, you know, without, you know, directly impacting the meta or having a complicated bit balance thing to, you know, maybe change the experience. Uh, yeah, at the end, yeah, they kind of missed a bit, I think. <laughs> just Just a bit. But, hey, they recognize that it wasn't, you know, doing so hot. They swamped it out. Mm-hmm. People... People will be happy campers, and the $60 bajillion prize pool will still be going ahead as scheduled. No big deal. There is not a single segue to be found for any of the remaining topics, so we're just going to pick one and go with it. We both played Guild Wars 2. That's a oh, thing yeah. that we both did. Yeah. Um, and we both... we both. Uh, I, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to speak for you on, on, on this one, but... Um, I think I general, played for precisely one month longer than you. Yeah, so we were. I think we were both part of the beta. Oh I yeah, think. no, we we were we were we were whole hog in for a while. Yeah, so we were we were super excited about it. We, uh, I know, I personally spent a lot of hours in the original for sure. I think I spent like sixteen or seventeen hundred hours in the original. I was super excited for the second one. Got into the beta. Uh, I was kind of on board with how it was going, and then uh, I knew it was a beta, and there was still time to make some changes, and the game fully released, and I wasn't really sold on Guild Wars 2, and I gave it a shot, and I played it for, uh, like Panic was saying, we played it for for a good chunk of time, but ultimately I I fell out of love with it, because it was just such a... Um, just such a change of of direction from the first Guild Wars, and it wasn't anything that I was really. It didn't have any of the mechanics from Guild Wars One really that I enjoyed a great deal and hoped to see into, and in, and instead it just kind of borrowed as much shit from World of Warcraft as humanly possible and made this awful hybrid between between Guild Wars One and and World of Warcraft. I wouldn't even call it awful. Like I think I think ArenaNet did a really good I, this is probably where we diverge. I think ArenaNet did a really good job with Guild Wars Two. Um at the same oh, no, time I think it's a good game. I just don't I just don't you know, it just like includes stuff that I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah art style, you know, graphics, the way it plays, it all everything is very well done. But I, I again like Part of it was it, it was missing something that Guild Wars 1 had. There was some charm that Guild Wars 1 had, um, you know, with the way it was structured and the way it was set up that Guild Wars 2 didn't quite capture. Uh, Guild Wars 2, definitely a much more expansive game, a ton more to do. But you you said you fell out of love with it. I, I got there and I'm like, I'm not sure if I was ever in love with it to begin with. <laughs> But at the same time, I can't point to any one thing in the game that was a negative experience for me. I had a really good time playing it, and then I just stopped, and I couldn't explain why I didn't get back into it. It's like I went on a trip. I think I went to like an event or something. I just went on a trip for like three days, four days. I came back, 
And I had zero urge to play Guild Wars. I just started playing something else, and I was like, never quite went back to it. I picked it up here and there, you know, when patch came out, but it never like hooked me in. Like I didn't, um, I didn't even max a character on it. I got pretty close, but I never quite did it. I think I got like level sixty five or sixty seven or something. Right yeah, on the was, edge. That was similar to where I, I never maxed out either, and and I mean it's always hard for me to max out anyway because I reroll characters every five minutes, so it's difficult. To oh, begin I had with, I had a ton of characters, but yeah, it was just like. My main one, like my guardian, whatever, it just never maxed out. I spent a lot of time with dyes and costumes and doing all that stuff. But I just, I don't know. Again, like like you were saying, they took a lot of stuff from WoW. And a lot of stuff from WoW is kind of grindy, questing, is running around and doing things. And, you know, Endgame and all that stuff was there. But I, it didn't grab me enough. Like the story was kind of generic. But I was like, okay. Yeah, the thing, but, that, the thing that really killed it for me was Guild Wars 1 had one of the best skill systems for an MMO ever crafted. Um, in uh, f- Like, across, in terms of, I mean, it had, it had some issues, but from how many skills you could use at any given time, it was eight. Uh, limiting it to eight skills meant you that you builds, really had to much. be, you had builds and you had to be mindful of what was on your skill bar at any given time, and it also meant that it it didn't it didn't overcomplicate things for the sake of just dancing around the keyboard like uh, like you can in other MMOs when you know when you get to some high level stuff and you're you're you've got like sixteen different macros to do a bunch of shit you've got a so, fucking Excel spreadsheet on one side of you and you're doing all this nonsense but it had so it, it had depth but I also liked how you acquired the skills and there was a a, a lot of of fun to be had just getting the skills for your builds uh, as well. And so when I got into Guild Wars 2 and I discovered that the the depth of uh, of your skill set was put on a weapon and then use it for like an hour and all of a sudden you have all the skills and then that's your build was really kind of off-putting to me and it and it made me feel like uh I wasn't any. I didn't have anything different from anyone else. I wanted to. I, I like the the feeling of having yeah. something different wasn't wasn't there anymore. So that's kind of one of the things. And again, they kind of started moving away from that whole thing with the expansion Heart of Thorns, but it never quite. It kind of seemed bolted onto me. I actually never picked up the expansion. I looked at it. and I got very close to picking it up because they added like specializations, which kind of take your class and then add like a like a slant to it. So you kind of use that role in like a different way. And I looked at it and I'm like, and they came out in each class or each um, job or whatever. I don't even know what they're called anymore. Role got one of the specializations Mm. and then they added one new, which was the Revenant. My big thing is for expansions, um, I either, I need to see a couple of things. I don't need to see all of these things for it to be like a mentally valid expansion pack for me, but I need to see some grouping of them. One is I like to see new character classes, at least more than one, ideally, right? Um, You know, just something, you know, if I wanted to start at level one and, you know, work my way up again, if I so choose. Um, I also want them to add some sort of, you know, either increase the level cap and tie content to it or give me some sort of progression system beyond it. Um, Guild Wars kind Guild Wars did that with the expansion. They gave you one new class. Okay. Um, and then they gave each class one new slant. And the way I saw it, it, it um, they changed the ways the class played. 
but I didn't really get much. They didn't really convey on if you can kind of have hybrid combos with the specialization. From the way it sounded like, it's like after you hit max level, you get your mastery specialization, and you can start getting points as you get more. You know, it's not like a level, but you keep getting points for the uh, for your specialization path. I'm like that kind of just changes the way it plays. Can I like do some hybrid of the two and all of that? But and it's just yeah. like they took each class in kind of a weird way. They're like, oh, okay, what's this class bad at? Let's make this class much better at it. It's like, all right, so now I can kind of do everything at once. So on a but, on a positive note within Guild Wars, you know, I think that, um, first of all, before, I think he actually stepped away from the company a few years ago now, but one of my favorite concept and game artists, um, and I say that and I can't even think of his name off the top of my head, uh, <laughs> that did the art for Guild Wars Two, uh, and uh, I believe quite a, 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 I believe he did a bit of Guild Wars One. Guild Wars has, in my opinion, the best game art of any oh, MMO, yeah. and it's not game. even. There's not even like a close second. Like there's Guild Wars, and then there's everything else is 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 down below it I'd trying put to fight Final for Final Fantasy Fourteen as a close second. Yeah, um, like, but like the game Guild Wars finishes in ten seconds. Final Fantasy is like twelve seconds. Yeah, it's it's really really freaking good looking, and uh, the just everything fits so well together. Like the the design philosophy for Guild Wars Two works so much better than like. See, this is what I how I would you know how I look at it. Final Fantasy fourteen can look good in individual instances, but I when I played Final Fantasy fourteen, other than the fact that I find Final Fantasy fourteen to be kind of bland looking, and maybe it's because I come from Guild Wars where it's anything but bland, it shit feels like it stands out when it shouldn't stand out in weird fucky ways. And then in <laughs> Guild Wars in Guild Wars 2, everything looks like it belongs in Guild Wars. From player characters Right up on through, everything looks like it belongs in the world, and uh, the just the the art separate from the game inside of it, but the concept art, I would plaster my fucking walls in that shit. Uh, just the whole room, if I could. Uh, the music is also phenomenal, and I still yeah. stand on the fact that I believe Guild Wars and Guild Wars Two have the best MMO map by miles. And if there was one game that I played recently that has a terrible map, it's 14. Holy shit. 14's no map. <laughs> I've got map. the hang of 14. Oh my god. It's like learning another language. I've been, that playing, a lot. I've been playing a lot of 14. I've been playing a lot of 14. So like for me, it's second nature. Oh. Um, but going back to Guild Wars, though, the big, big thing is, you know, I, I was talking bad about Heart of Thorns. But then they announced the next expansion, which is actually, it's called Path of Fire. Um, they literally yes. announced it this week, and again, in terms of the stuff they announced, I wasn't like blown away by it. But at the same time, I looked at it as a total package. They actually came out with more justification for why they're doing things the way they're doing. Because um, this one they announced level cap is still not going up, and then they said, "Look, the reason we don't like raising the level cap is because it just starts off like a whole big ass gear treadmill, right?" Yeah, if you're level 70, yeah. they pretty much said if you're level 70 now, all your level 70 stuff, still good. You're perfectly valid. Like you are you are on par with what you can get in Path of Fire. But with Path of Fire now, they've won, they've now given now this is where it got interesting for me because now 
and if they keep doing the expansion this way, it will still get more interesting for me, is now every class has two specialization paths. So you have you can kind of go, you, you can kind of, like, build out. So, like, you were talking about the skill builds. I feel mm-hmm. like now that's something you might have now, because now for, I, I play Guardian, I'm, I play tanky characters. Um, mm-hmm. So pretty much now this one is, like, I think it was, like, a dragon something. I need to do more research. It's been a long week. I really want to sit down and read up on this. But, you know, um, they have, like, the Dragon Knight type thing or Dragon Killer, you know, which is, like, we kind of wanted to, uh, we wanted to give Guardians something where they're more useful when they're in the back line because not all Guardians are always going to be on the front line. We wanted to imagine what are they going to do when they're on the back line. So we, you know, figured out a way to kind of tailor their power set, you know, change their weapon a bit, and now they can do some long-range stuff with that specialization. You know, the engineer can now do like it's like a hollow mancer or something. They can do like hard like constructs, you know, for more defensive stuff. So, you know, each of the character classes are getting like different aspects to them, which when I was looking at that and then I went back and looked at Heart of Thorns and looked at what they're doing, I'm like, okay, this might be enough to draw me back in. Um, yeah. And then they announced like mount gameplay and they're like the mounts are a little are more than you know just you getting on something and moving around like the mounts actually fight with you it's like a companion system kind of like the chocobos in 14 from the sound of it um i need to do a little bit more um a little bit more um research on it um but the big thing and this is i don't know if you saw the numbers but um and this was one of the big things about guild wars was they were always like we're not going to hit you with subs we're going to get you with you know, expansions, meaningful content. And it looks like they're including a ton of content with this, like whole new region, lots of stuff. Um, and then, like, then they announced the price. It's like 29 bucks, And I'm like, okay, that that makes things a That's, lot more interesting to me. Yeah. So Absolutely. I'm just like, okay, so you're telling me 29 bucks, and I get the whole, okay. Sounds good to yeah. me. And then they said, we'll have a bundle deal if you want to get both expansions. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, if it's oh, like it's, uh, I mean, if there's one thing that I can never fault arena net four is is how they've handled the, their, their you know, value the, monetiz- the monetization of of guild wars and guild wars 2 um it's been absolutely phenomenal um so the, yeah there's there's nothing i can fault them for there the thing the things that are bringing me you know want want to you know for me to go back <laughs> pulling, i can't even speak the things that are pulling me back into the into the game or making me want to go back to the game uh, is one the location you know, it's going to make me, it's taking me back to yeah. Guild Wars 1, the cows. Right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's taking you back to the desert, dude. We're going back, we're going all the way out yeah, to the Yeah, the desert came desert. with the Nightfall expansion, right? I've, if no, I remember that was, that was, that was the, that was, uh, what, what was it called? Um, prophecies or, no, not, pro- well, fuck, what was it? That was the one with the It was the original, it was like, in the, it was, I'm pretty sure it was the original. That was the main, um. Oh, it's the north. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's the northern crystal desert from the first game, not the desert from Nightfall. Oh, okay, yeah. different desert. Prophecies. Yeah, it's been a long so, time since Guild Wars. Yeah, so uh, so that's that's you know intriguing for for me since it's been for, oh God, I'm, however many years. You want to see how they reimagined it? it. Uh, I would love to see that. Apparently, the open areas are bigger than anything they've ever done, which obviously would be a ne- you know a necessity given the fact that they are introducing mounts. Uh, the fact yeah. that they are the fact that they are introducing mounts. It's not something that I desperately needed in Guild Wars, uh, but it's fun that they're in there. I feel like 
I feel like I'm surprised that it took them this long to, you know, hop on the mount train. Um, but you want to know the yeah, you want to know the crazy thing about this? this is the this is the one thing other than the price that blew my mind, right? What's that? They announced this literally this week. They gave us all the info this week, and I'm like, oh crap! Now I'm gonna have to wait like seven months for this to come out. It comes out next month. <laughs> yes, it does. It's like, September. <laughs> I was like, Heart of Thorns came out two years ago, and they 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 announced it, and then it took it took a couple of months for it to come out, if I remember correctly. It was like six yeah. seven months, maybe. I might be mixing it six seven months before it came out, and it killed all my hype for it. I was hyped when I watched like the whole thing, and I was just like, all right, this they might get me back, it and I just forgot way about it. too soon. Yeah, so yeah, this is this, this time is amazing. It's like, they announced it, and I'm like, I'm going to forget about this. They're like, September 22nd. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm, prob- I'm in. I'm probably in. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the only in a perfect world for me, you know, Guild Wars 2 would have been uh, just kind of a more elaborate Guild Wars 1. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I preferred the instances over the, the personal story thing that they do in, mm-hmm. in Guild Wars 2. Uh, although you know what the stuff that they're doing with the story in Guild Wars Two is is really good, on, on, you know, on average, it's just that I w- uh, you know I I would have preferred to have it more like the the original. Uh, maybe that's just nostalgia speaking. I, I I don't know, but it just I I felt I felt like I was able to. This is going to make no sense, but I, I I felt like I was able to uh, enjoy the game more with friends when it was like an in an instance. Because I didn't, uh, I didn't feel so restricted as I do with the the whole story thing. You want you want to enjoy the game with a handful of people. You don't want to yeah. have like a hundred people around you, but you don't want to be alone. You want like and mm-hmm. that's that's actually part of the reason why I like Final Fantasy fourteen because I've been doing a lot of instance runs and dungeon runs recently. I you know picked it up again with the new expansion, um, and I'm in like I am in a small guild. My guild total is like maybe eighty people, of which maybe like twenty are active. So, you know, we do like run small runs and stuff, but it's always, it's always, it's not like the eight or 20 man, whatever raids. It's always like, there's a group of four of us. And then we sit there, we're like, all right, I'll heal. Someone will be like, I'll tank and we'll just switch our jobs up like right on the fly. No logouts or anything. And then we'll just go do yeah. dungeon runs yeah. and, you know, do our roulettes and all that. And that's what I like. And that's why I'm been sticking with Final Fantasy because, you know, it gives me like that small social aspect with, you know, the tight MMO gameplay I want, which Guild Wars kind of didn't have for me. Back in the day, but with the expansion, I'm actually going to pick it up. I'll give it another go. Mm, I, I don't know how much they're going to be able to... Um, I, I always... Whenever an MMO gets expansions, you're always, the, the interesting thing for me is, is always how that expanded content ends up retroactively affecting the, the stuff that came previously. So it'll be uh, fun to see how they well, with juggle a level that. Seventy, so with a level seventy still being the cap, I feel like that should be that should be a good set. Yeah, like, no, I think I, it's got you know, it's, I, you know. Yeah, it's got it's got my attention. I think uh, I think uh, I think that I I might have to give it a go. I might have to drop money on it to see if it can if it can get my attention again. I wish. That the engine didn't suck so much. It is a beautiful game, but by God, did they optimize that game horribly? Probably top five worst, like worst uh, optimized MMOs I've ever played. Um, and I feel for the people that play PvP in that game because that's where it really gets <laughs> the worst of it. 
just having so much shit on a single core on the CPU is so asinine and ridiculous. And I was really hoping that with one of the the expansions that they would make some changes to that uh, because the fact that you can be running a $4,000 PC and still have you know, such horrid frame drops and, and, and stuff in these, in these places in the game is just beyond my reasoning. But, uh, uh, I, I hope that it does turn out to be good. I think we'll probably both you and I will be playing it. So we'll, we'll have more thoughts yeah. on that. Uh, as time we'll goes revisit on. in October. And speaking of betas, right? <laughs> Which one? There's two on there. <laughs> We'll go Destiny 2 on the first one, I guess. Uh, one's Ooh. an alpha, though. One's an alpha, not a beta. Uh, the the beta for, for Destiny 2 on the PC. We found out a kind of a, a weird uh, thing this week. Uh, I actually think it was either today or yesterday that that, that, that happened. Uh, whereby Bungie was like, hey guys, so... We're a little concerned about about some things with uh, how streaming software hooks into the game. So we're putting some restrictions on uh, what you can and cannot record and stream Destiny 2 on the PC with. Uh, that There's actually obviously, more than just streaming. There's more restrictions than just the streaming. Oh yeah, there's some other stuff. I'll let you cover the other stuff. Yeah. I'll, I'll cover the, the streaming bit, so yeah. or the recording streaming bit. So... Uh, basically what they're, what, what they're saying is any form of software that's going to hook directly into the game in order to capture the, the footage itself is a no-go. You're not going to be able to do that. Um, it's, it's just completely off limits. That obviously hits people that use OBS and XSplit first and foremost above, above anything else. If they're using game source or game capture, uh, because it's exactly what those processes do. Um... If you, uh, however, so they, they at least, okay, so the good, the good news is they provided some, you know, the alternatives. They're saying, look, we're, we're not doing this. We're not banning streaming or capturing the game. It's just those methods. So they said, if you want to do this, what you're going to have to do is you'll have to play the game in windowed mode and do a screen capture uh, in OBS or XSplit, um, which can often be way more intensive on the computer than, than running in full screen, you know, mode and, and using a game source. Uh, or you can use a capture card and run the game through that and, and capture it, which you can totally still do, as I talked about on my stream yesterday. Uh, even if you're in a single PC setup, you can run it through a capture card and it will just show up in OBS or XSplit like a webcam and you're off to the races. It's just your desktop is now cloned to the capture card. So, um, it, it's a headache. It's weird. And I didn't expect it, but I guess it kind of makes sense. I was reading, you know, I read the, the article and I was like, you know, whatever, you know, Bungie saying that uh, these things can be abused, uh, for, uh, hacks and, and, and cheats and whatever else, because they are hooks into the game. And I was like, yeah, how in the hell did that even happen and then so I was reading the comments and, and one of the, one or two of the comments actually more kind of elaborated on how it can it can be used uh, for those purposes and so sure I, I obviously there are people that are a lot smarter than I am that have discovered that you can use these things to uh, to exploit the games so uh, I guess congratulations on having too much time on your hands but I mean it, it's it's not the end of the world but it is a bit a bit odd but what were the other restrictions that you were talking about because I need to hear what that was um, about 
Yeah, so um, this is not just anything that wants to capture the game. This is anything that wants to inject into the game. Now, you might be thinking, oh, there's only negative things you can do with injecting into the game, but things like Discord and things like Mumble do and can inject overlays into a lot of different games. And so you get, oh, that's instead true. of getting, because effectively once, you're, once your video card switches, and you, if you're running a game in full screen mode, it's actually more efficient than running it in a windowed mode on the desktop because effectively what happens is your computer stops rendering the desktop underneath and it's running the game only on that monitor. That's why you get your little screen blackouts and stuff when you move out of that. But games like, uh, apps like Discord or Mumble, what they do is they'll in, they'll just put the notifier hook into the game. So what will happen is if someone messages you on Discord, you get your little pop-up in the corner that looks like a, just a regular Discord thing as if you were on the desktop. Um, but that's actually getting injected into the game. Things like Overwolf do the same thing for like Hearthstone and other things where it injects information into the game. That just, just to get into the renderer, it's just like we're just going to overlay this on what you're doing. Um, those are valid use cases, but computers have gotten to the point where you have multiple threads running. Things can go a lot more, a lot fancier and do a lot of other things um, that you could technically scrape and process the entire image as it's come in, and then you could say, based on Destiny, I know what this looks like, and you can put overlays then to say, go here, do this, look at this, look at this. And you can be like, because you you might not be the you might you know you might suck at shooters and not be able to see things. A uh, hack would be to be like put a giant yellow arrow saying "guy over here" <laughs> and things like that. Aimbots um, become and, a thing at that point. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and that's the main thing. Like you, if you have the frame image and you have it direct real time from the game at the same time it's coming out, you can make an aimbot a lot better than you know doing it after the fact just by reading the monitor screen at the time. You know, so a lot of those higher end aimbots will actually lock in like similar to game capture. So it's a shitty thing for streamers, but I can understand why they did it. Um, I feel like they could have probably done something better because, you know, you can still use things like shadow play or AMD's equivalent. You know, they don't block those. It's just things that try to lock in on the game itself as opposed to the video card. Yeah, uh, it's it's I, I I can understand you know uh, there's there was yeah. uh, this was blown. I'm not going to pitchfork over this. No, there and and people were to a degree, and it just was so kind oh, yeah. of some people. I saw silly. on Twitter people were going nuts, and I actually responded back to one of them. I'm like, yeah, I kind of see why they're doing this. If you have the direct video feed, there's a lot of shady shit you can do. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I was just like, they made a choice. Like, yeah, don't I buy mean, the game if you don't want to. And that's a big problem. That's a far bigger problem on PC than consoles with all the various things that people can do to cheat yeah. and, and hack the way in with the game. And so, uh, I, you know, where, where Bungie is, is bringing Destiny to the PC for the first time, I guess they're, they're going to, you know, perhaps... Well, they've obviously decided they're going to go the extra mile uh, with regard, regards to protecting the players that are playing the game. They don't there want is, to see that stuff. There is one other thing... Oh boy! That, what's that? This part rubbed me the wrong way. Okay, um, this prevents that. Those restrictions prevent something else. Um, you can't lock into performance stats, and you can't overlay the performance stats like fraps. Oh yeah. So well, well, I guess I guess the only problem with that uh, would yeah, be ultimately uh, you know, if the game doesn't provide its own. 
performance static, which most video games have now, right? Yeah. Like you, you, you can on PC. Yeah. There are ways to to show the the stats. So that's not like, and that's been a problem for the longest time. I I can't think of the uh, of the last time I haven't seen a solution to a problem in a video game that doesn't include. Are you running like MSI Afterburner or EVGA Precision mm-hmm. or Fraps or DX Tori or like anything that like you just mentioned where they're injecting uh, yeah. stats to the to the to the screen? I mean, that's it's just kind of like, it's the first thing. It's in the list. It's are you running antivirus and then are you running those programs? And those are the first two. So I guess it's not like a huge a huge shocker. It's annoying to be certain. It will be more annoying if they don't provide their own solution, but I would be very weirded out if they didn't provide their own solution. That wouldn't make a lot of sense <laughs> to me. So, um, you know, it is what it is. And there's probably ways around that all the same. I'm sure somebody will figure out something. People mm-hmm. are... Uh, the internet's a scary place, man. There are a lot of people out there looking to do some some crazy <laughs> shit at any time. So you never Shady know. shit. Shady shit. Um, <laughs> trying to think of this... I was hoping I had a segue. You know what? You know what the segue will, will be? It's not even written down. I just want to give a quick shout out because technically I'm a partner, despite the fact that you get pretty much nothing as a partner to Discord uh, because Discord announced on Twitter that they- Did you not they, get one of those hoodies? I did, actually. So you, you do get- so I, I, I hate I, you. you know, yeah, I didn't I, get I a hoodie. One. I have I'm not one. even a partner. <laughs> uh, we need to get the, a technical uh, alpha Discord so I can get one of those hoodies. There you go. Yeah, partner, that's, that's, that's easy often. enough. Make this that's happen. That's easy enough. Uh, but they announced video and screen sharing. Holy fuck. And not only did they announce it, not only did they announce it, but they, they did something that nobody else seems to do these days, and that's they built out their server infrastructure in advance of releasing this shit. They didn't say, fuck it, we'll wait and see what happens when we press the go button and then build later. They're actually adding a whole bunch of servers to uh, the U.S. and EU beforehand uh, and then release that stuff, which is already a a 5 out of 7 from me. Now, whether or not when they release it, it's going to be without a hitch. I doubt it. I I bet you there's going to be some issues. We have to make sure. I don't know. I don't know. We're we're putting a lot of hype into this, but we we haven't even seen what the video looks like yet, man. It could be another Hangouts. Not a clue. Like, well, I mean, let's put, this, let's put it this way. It can't possibly be worse than Skype. I'm, I'm going to argue the other way around. Um, Skype's video quality is actually pretty good compared to what we've seen. You know, how many, <laughs> well, I how guess, many of those software... I guess that's true. How many of those pieces of software did you look at before we came back and said, you know what? Skype that's is fair. actually not that bad. That's fair. We went through but a it lot. Was, Skype Skype's biggest boon was how they arranged the screens when there were multiple multiple people yeah. in it. it. It was it was less about the quality and more about the fact that it didn't do some weird tiling bullshit uh, that other people. Discord needs a uh, Brady do. bunch of that shit. Yes, they do. I'm so e- tired. Just give us a Brady bunch mode. I'm so tired of. Um, I'm so tired of of uh, all these other softwares like trying to differentiate you know amongst each other by changing how the layout happens. You don't need to get complicated. One of them is using circles for fuck's sake. Like, why? What is the point of that? You're just losing all sorts of screen real estate. It's so silly. But uh, I do look forward to seeing how that turns out. Hopefully it's good, because if we can move all of our stuff to one platform, and the sooner I can get away from Skype, the happier I will be. Dude, if we get everything on a Discord, we need to go to them and be like, yo, we're a podcast. We use your shit. Sponsor us. 
Exactly. That's the show. That's what we. That's what we need. But also, I just want to give a quick shout out to Skype. I want to give a quick shout out to Skype for um for showing up as all red bars all the time. There is never. We are currently video conferencing at HD quality for whatever they consider HD quality, uh, and and with no issues, and yet we have the worst possible connection rating on Skype. But if we did, if we went to audio and everything, there would be skipping and just falling apart and shit, which is why we are currently using Discord for audio and Skype for video. It's a hot. I don't know. It says my connection speed is fast, but I'm in America, so you know. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we're both on the East Coast. My miles versus your kilometers. Who knows? If I if I if I tried hard enough, I could throw a stone to where you live right now. I have fiber optic, you know, internet because the fiber lands here from across the pond, and yet somehow, with like one hop somehow. to their server, it's all red. It's unbelievable. Ten out of ten. Uh, th- that's the closest thing I have to segue for that. Moving out of that, let's let's move on to the alpha on this list. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? I have a perfect segue for this. Oh shit, okay, go for it. You ready? It's like Discord was psychic. They read your mind. <laughs> Alright, I was going to talk Run about Star it. Citizen, but we're going to talk about Miss Cleo now. So <laughs> <laughs> Wrong order, but we're going to talk about Miss Cleo. I, I, that segue was perfect, though. That segue We've was segued perfect. into Miss Cleo. I'll give you points for that, you I guess. You turn on the highway. You turn on the highway, boys. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, I had to add this in, because it's the silliest thing I saw in the news this week. Uh, if you are in North America and over the age of probably 20, you know who Miss Cleo is, and if you don't, if you Google, you'll find out in two seconds who- You're so you lucky know. you don't. Oh, uh, dude, I, no, my life would be so much worse if I didn't know who Miss Cleo was. Miss Cleo was the peak of late night random infomercial entertainment- Unbelievably good shit. Mine Miss was Cleo, Ronco, man. Oh, Showtime Rotisserie Grill. Oh, Ronco. Showtime, Fuck, nice set it, it. Set it and forget it, bro. Just set it Ooh, yeah. and forget it. You know, face to the crowd, same guy clapping the same way every single time. Uh, but Miss Cleo was an on-TV psychic, so to speak. She, she'd uh, read your into your future. She was, a, you know... She was supposed to be able to, to see into the future. So you call her up and Miss Cleo and she called me now for your free tarot card reading. And da, 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 da. is this Jamaican lady that had absolutely How no skill. How many times did you call Adam? Zero. But uh, I think it was because the service was, wasn't really available in Canada because they were on American TV stations. Two forty nine <laughs> a minute. Oh my God, the amount of money. And they made a huge amount of money. Off of that shit. Like, millions and millions and millions of dollars. And they scammed the fuck out of people like crazy. It was amazing. And apparently, the company that eventually... That, you know, that that she worked for... Scammed her equally as much as she was scamming other people. And so there was a big friggin' mess about that in the 90s. And, the, and even in the early 2000s. She actually just passed away, I believe, last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and... So this is some weird news to crop up in in the feeds. Apparently, the company that uh, that she worked for, which was called uh, what was it, the Psychic, the, uh, Readers, Psychic Readers Network, Network. yes, suing Take Two over the Miss Cleo copy in 
Grand Theft Auto, uh, I think it was San Andreas was the one that she was in. <laughs> That's like years uh, ago. You know, 15 years ago, no big deal. And uh, coincidentally, you know who voiced that character in the game? Miss Cleo. <laughs> well done, Psychic Readers Network. I'm sure you didn't see that one coming. Yeah, so a little odd uh, that, you know, they wait until after she's dead to drop this one. And she voiced the character in the game already. And so there's absolutely no legal anything to be done here. But it's incredible to me that they're trying to sue Take-Two of all people. Like, you, like Take-Two is huge. It is one of the largest they entertainment companies. Oh, it's just endless. They're literally printing money. Endless. And then Psychic Readers Network coming out of the 90s trying to sue them for Lord knows how much money. It's probably going to be something stupid because they cited that... Uh, that while they made like a hundred million dollars uh, off of the Miss Cleo character uh, or the or the the brand Miss Cleo, that Take Two made like five hundred million dollars uh, on that game using obviously Miss Cleo's likeness and voice, and so they they want a piece of that pie because everyone ran out and bought San Andreas so they could listen to Miss Cleo. On the radio, I didn't even know Miss Cleo was in that game. Exactly. Even though she's in the credits and everything, that's all there. So it, it's freaking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but hey, it happens. Now it's the I've world. I've got another segue for you. Oh shit! For you. All right, segue quick. Do you quick. think the Psychic Readers Network could tell us when Star Citizen is going to be released? Oh, that's a way better segue. I like that one. That was good. The answer is no. <laughs> the answer now, to that is this question because they suck or is it because there's like star citizens it's an unanswerable question yes okay <laughs> uh star citizens alpha 3.0 got delayed i think it was like a whopping two weeks but now everybody every time star citizen any kind of delay happens I, the world implodes i'm gonna say this right now because i'm gonna be able to say this because jeff isn't here with Go Jeff would it. just start screaming. Go like for Jeff it. would just start screeching. Right now, Jeff is screaming. I don't screaming care at John that it's going to be late. <laughs> I don't care that it's going to be late. It's already years, and I already know. Like I, I you know, it's not like I'm going to be seeing anything. And I don't mean this in a negative way. When Alpha 3.0 releases, I'm not going to be seeing I have anything that I haven't already seen already. They've already shown us everything that's coming in Alpha 3. They've told us exactly what's going into Alpha 3. They're like, these are the new features. This is what we're implementing. This is everything you get to see. All right? And then literally there's this like, yeah, we're having some polish issues that we're working on, so it's going to be two weeks late. Okay. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like. This is not like. It's not like they're they're like being sketchy about it. They've literally. Everything has always been late for them, and they've always been transparent about it. They literally just put everything in front of you. I'm just like, whatever. Look, I mean, I've already invested my money at this point. It's coming eventually. Look, look, yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. I mean, the game is like five years <laughs> into development, and they didn't just start the game up. They built an entire company first, and then they decided to, to start the game uh, at the same time, the and they've done a lot so of stuff. Complicated. The game yeah, is so complicated. There isn't an, an there's an there isn't an engine out there that could do it. They tried with Crytek to do it, and Crytek could do the graphics, but they realized that Crytek 
and not do the network code. The net code in CryEngine is trash. So you know what? And this is the thing. They've still been coming out with stuff like new stuff all the time. That's been pretty seamless to us. They moved all the net code over to friggin' Amazon Lumberyard, which is a completely yeah. different game engine made by Amazon. And guess what? The only way you noticed that that happened was when you played the next build and you were just like, hey, everything's running a lot smoother. This is really working a lot better. <laughs> and you're like, wonder what they did. Probably like five lines of code. Who knows? But yeah. I'm like sitting there and like I was reading the dev blog and they're like, yeah, so we had our studio doing like all the net code and we realized there's just so many deficiencies in what CryEngine can do because it was never geared for this. You know, we started working with Amazon with Lumberyard and then we had to like build out like this whole new thing. And then they're literally talking. I'm like, they talk. And then, the, and then at the end, they're like, yeah, we're using like Lumberyard to do it. I'm like. Are you shitting me? Did they literally just like <laughs> merge two completely separate game engines to use like the render engine from Crytek with Lumberyard? <laughs> this is like a two engine oh, game. Nuts. Now. Oh, it's nuts. And, so it they, worked, you know, and, I, and I'm like, this is going to be a monstrosity. that's never going to work well. But then I was playing like Star Marine with that was like the patch it came out with. Yeah. yeah. Like I was playing like the first person shooter part. And again, like I'm not mad. You know, if there was any other game coming out like this delayed, I'd be mad. But, you know, they've been continually putting out like milestone updates in the alpha stuff that you can play. And like I can get my hands on it and I can see it. So like I'm just like that's why I'm like chill about it. But yeah, I was oh, just absolutely. sitting there and I'm just like and I'm like, you know what? I saw the dev blog and I actually played it. It's definitely playing a lot better than it did like a couple of months ago. Okay. Yeah. And like, I, I think, just, I, think I, I know engine programming and it's like super complicated. So I'm like, the fact that they're it, able to I do think this, it's I'm fine. Like, I think it's yeah. fine. They said that it was the patcher that was causing most of the issues and in, 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 in that they're actually including a patcher now. So people don't have to re-download the yeah. entire game every time an update arrives. That's uh, and what it was, they're working it was, on now, right? Yeah, that's what they're working on. They're spending their extra time on like thirty um, gigs, forty gigs every time. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of a lot of you know stuff for people to be deleting and downloading over and over again. So uh, the patcher is is going to be a huge step for them. If they had an internal patcher as well that was also having uh, similar issues, so they're they're fixing those things. The game. It's not like they delayed it for like two months. They delayed it for like two weeks. So it's not it's a, like, yeah, we want to finish. It's, it's not a huge, you know, it's not, not like a huge and problem. Honestly, for some people that would take them two weeks to download if they didn't have the patcher. Oh my God. I can only imagine like that's a, that's a, you know, 30 gigs is no, is no joke. 30 or 40 gigs is no joke at all. So, I mean, I, I watched the trailer for, for 3.0 mm -hmm. and, um, you know, as somebody who's not invested in the game, like I have zero dollars in, into Star Citizen. Um, uh, I'm not going to say know, how just, much I have in. It's, it's 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 several Canadian pesos, I'm sure, but I don't I don't have anything invested in the game, and and uh, you know, but it's definitely a very intriguing game for me to watch from the outside because it it, it is almost like a an experiment within the game development sphere. Uh, you know, how far can crowdfunding really how take big a game can we go and how big you know how big can it get how will it will it live up to expectations i mean this is a game that's probably still i have to imagine between three and five years away from a full honest to goodness completion release i wouldn't i would i don't honestly i'm gonna i'm gonna take a step i'm gonna take it a step further i don't think it will ever be fully released and i don't mean that in a negative way i know what's gonna happen what i think is gonna happen 
um, is probably within, I'm going to say by sometime in 2018, we're going to see the single player campaign. We're going to see Squadron 42 as they promised it. Um, and that will be the single player experience that, you know, they initially sold the game on. I feel like that's going to be coming in 2018. Um, just because they've had a separate studio just working on that alone. You know, they had, you know, they did all the actions. So I feel like that we're going to get that. And I, I feel like that's going to hopefully assuage a lot of people being like, okay, so they, they got part of it out. Um, the multiplayer portion, I don't think they're ever going to quite finish because it's a large scope. Um, they, they're doing like a full first person shooter component. Um, they're doing a full universe component. They're doing like the ship to ship component. And, and you know, we've seen pieces of each of them and they're all complicated pieces of technology. I don't think they're ever going to finish, you know, they'll get it all out there. They'll get us coherent experience. Yeah. I think it's just going to be constantly, they're just going to be like there. It's like that bridge, right? You, you start building that bridge, you finish it. And then, you know, you slap that coat of paint on it. And by the time you've gotten to the end of the bridge, you're like, oh, we got to start painting it from the other. We got to start painting again from the beginning. So you literally just pick up all your stuff. You go right back to the beginning and then you start painting everything again. You know, by the time you get back to the end of the bridge, you got to do it again. I think they've already. I think it's just gonna be in a constant iteration. <laughs> I think yeah. they've already hit that point yeah. since they switched entire engines. They've already they've already gotten to that yeah. point at least once. And I I agree, but I think I, I think when I say you know that it's roughly that far away, I think that's you know the the core. Like one of the big things they were saying was like yeah yeah one of the big things they were saying was yeah so the Crytek had this massive problem in their engine, which um you know it wasn't like a huge issue for them, um, and we found it. And they couldn't fix it for a while. So we went ahead and we fixed it ourselves because we have the source code. So we rewrote it and we fixed it. And, you know, it does everything we needed to do. Um, and then Crytek came out like three, three years later and they, you know, they fixed it and they added a bunch of other stuff on top of it. And they've added a bunch of other things but, that we wanted. But now we can't use it because our code base is so far different from theirs that it's a completely different engine. So, you yeah. know, now we're, you know, we decide we're just going to do it again ourselves because, you know what, we did it better than they did the first time. So... No, it's, it's complicated because the, uh, they're effectively building the engine. Well, yeah, it's it's and you have to when the game is when you have when yeah. you're building a game that is orders of magnitude greater in scope than any other game that's that's ever existed previously. It would be it would be silly to imagine that the engines that exist, you know, for for the common purposes of other games in the in you know even in the AAA sector, they're not going to be capable really of of upholding everything that needs to happen in order to make a game like Star Citizen work. So uh, I think I, I think they're still doing fine. You know, five years for the the development of a game is still within the bounds of many yeah. AAA titles that a lot of people enjoy these days. Uh, and this is a much bigger game than that. So if it if it takes another another few years, then it's it's not really the end of the world. I think it's just because the game has been I just so want publicly experience. Yeah, I think I think it's just because the game's been so publicly paraded for so long that it feels like the game has been in development for way longer than it actually has. And so people are are you know getting a little bit more up in arms about it whenever something like this happens, like something as silly as a couple of weeks all of a sudden becomes a huge point of contention because. Uh, every little delay is obviously showing a, a crack years. in the armor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's more than three years. Why? It's been like five years, isn't it? Yeah, it's about five. I don't yeah, even know which years. job I was in when Star Citizen got announced. Oh, it, was, it seems like a, <laughs> it seems like forever ago. But it, it would be like it would be like Bethesda yeah. announcing that you know as soon as they dropped uh, Skyrim, then they announced they're doing Elder Scrolls Six, and and just right away. 
And then you just hear about it forever, and then people would have the same thing. Like, this game's never going to come out. They'd be four years into development, and people would be losing their minds, not remembering that, you know, the time between Elder Scrolls games is usually a really long freaking time. So, you know, that's uh, something that people, I think, have to keep in mind um, for sure. No man citizen. No man citizen. <laughs> or no citizen sky? No Citizen Sky. That's there. You go. That's better. I think that's. I think that's a better one. Ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna uh, we're gonna call it there for segment one on side A here. We're gonna uh, we're gonna take a small break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit uh, about some uh, some TV and movie news. I think there was some more that you had sent me earlier today that I totally didn't have written in there. So if you have stuff while we're on our short break, feel free to add it in. If not, yolo. I did. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but we'll be right back, guys. Uh, after a short break, sit tight, and we will return. Hey guys, if you're enjoying Technical Alpha and are interested in supporting us, do I have a solution for you? We've set up a Patreon page to help us help you help us and you. We've got a list of options that would make a used car salesman cry that provide you with a range of goodies for your support. Head on over to patreon.com slash technicalalpha to see what's up for grabs. Do you like badges and stuff? Subscribe to us on Twitch TV to get, well, badges and stuff. Technical Alpha is live-streamed every Friday at 8pm Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash technicalalpha, so if you're in the neighborhood, be sure to stop by. Listening to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, or another podcast app? If you're having a good time, be sure to give us a thumbs up. It's a simple thing, but it goes a long way in helping us reach more people, and really, more people should be able to judge us feverishly. It's only fair. Honestly though, while we like to joke about the sellout, just being a regular listener is a huge help and we're incredibly thankful for all of your support. Technical Alpha will continue soon, so sit tight. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, from that little quick sellout break. Appreciate you listening into that, if you did. And again, as always, thank you so much for continuing to uh, show us that love on iTunes with those reviews. It's going a long way, guys. Really appreciate all that uh, that support. That's how uh, that's how this I podcast can grow. Mm. The growth it's important. So, Mister Panic, we now have to string together. You were about to say Mister Black, weren't you? Nope. No, you sure? you're not dark enough for me to make that mistake. <laughs> actually you're both about the same skin tone to be honest with you you're pretty damn close so one or the other one or the other we have to come up with it with an entire segment two with like four bullet points do you think we've got it in us well, if we go on the time basis, we're supposed to go, what, an hour and a half for the first two segments? We're already, like, clipping in at, like, an hour and 29, so we could technically do 15 seconds per segment and we'd be good to go, but our <laughs> viewers would probably hate that. Yes. So we'll give them, we'll give them as much as we can per topic, and then we'll, we'll, we'll keep it natural, go with the flow. I think that works. We can ramble think, about things. I we think can talk about works. how you haven't watched Lord of War yet. Oh, my like God. I have it and it's yeah, ready to go. Uh, I probably would have watched it in the last couple of days if it wasn't for uh, for Fridgegate 2017, uh, whereby I blame ref the refrigerator. I w if you bought a refrigerator from Nicolas Cage, you wouldn't be having this problem. <laughs> All right. Okay. If Nicolas Cage was a door to door refrigerator salesman, would you buy one? 
Would you do it? My refrigerator's working fine. I'm not the one with a fridge problem. Look, if Nicolas Cage showed up, whether or not you had a fucking fridge and Nicolas Cage entered your home and tried to sell you a fridge, would you or would you not buy a Nicolas Cage-backed fridge? Probably would. Probably <laughs> would. <laughs> I couldn't pass that up. Are you I kidding Nicolas me? Ca- I'm say Nicolas Cage sold me a fridge. <laughs> Pretty big deal, man. Lord of Fridge. That's his new movie coming out 2019. Look forward to it. Sponsored by uh, GE. Be a great film for the whole family. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, so first things first on our uh, on our list here is a mixture of TV and movie. So I was really excited. Well, I shouldn't say really excited. I was more interested than usual uh, about uh about Dark Tower. Uh I you know, of all the the previews and stuff I saw, the fact that it was, you know, Stephen uh, King's kind of baby this was like his series of all the stuff that he's written and he has written a lot of shit this was his thing uh and the fact that it had idris elba and matthew mcconaughey in it i was like how could this possibly get fucked i had no idea that this movie had such a troubled production like lead up to to its release i had no idea but apparently it was a gong show they Apparently, they completely didn't use any of the source material other than the three characters, and that was it. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. So you literally took something that was pre-written and would have been perfectly adaptable because it's freaking Stephen King, and you fucked it up. I don't even know how. Yeah, that blows my my mind. So it's got a terrible review, you know, review scores just about everywhere. I was going to go see it this weekend. Yeah, I mean... Maybe not. And, you know, it's funny because Stephen King is still talking about wanting a sequel, wanting the sequel to be rated R, which I think this, I mean, I can understand why this first one wasn't. Dark Tower is dark material. Like, it's not something that, when it says PG, they're like, okay. I mean, Hmm. it makes sense to me insofar as that if you do the first one PG-13, it gives you a broader audience and then you can do the follow-up. In, in the rated R and, you know, probably in between the time of those two movies getting released, the people that wouldn't have been able to see an R-rated movie, many of them will now be able to see an R-rated movie, so on and so forth, and be able to, to be more true to the, to the source material. Uh, I, I would be impressed if, well, I shouldn't say that. It had a really good opening weekend, like big numbers opening weekend, considering the reviews were so shit. Uh, so that's a bonus, but I don't know if that's going to be sustained long enough for them to look at it and say, yeah, we should do a sequel, uh, or a follow-up to that movie and film. They were also talking about for the longest time, apparently as well. And, and still, I guess it's up in the air now, uh, a TV series for Dark Tower that would go in between movie releases to elaborate upon the shit that the movies could not which all sounds really awesome yeah. to me, but they kind of they kind of made the worst possible first step <laughs> in doing all this release. Yeah, I mean, you can't really launch a TV show off the back of a bad movie. It doesn't really work all that well. Um, they have one of the Walking Dead showrunners heading up the TV series, though. It wasn't the original one. It was, um, I believe the guy's name is Glenn Mazzara, is the one they have running for this one. He was the one that replaced the original guy, Frank. I don't know what Frank's last name was. It's completely eluding me this week. Um, Frank, but, Frank. Um, 
Yeah. So, you know, Walking Dead's been doing pretty well. You know, they're still going. And, yeah, it might have gone down a bit, but it's still super popular. So, you know, getting one of their showrunners on board might not be a bad thing. Um, yeah. Overall, I'm just disappointed that the movie didn't do so well because, effectively, they had, they had the makings of a slam dunk if they just kind of followed yeah. the source material for this one. Holy shit, how do you fuck that up? You've got, a, you've got Stephen King's baby. You've got a time where dark, gritty, uh, you know, uh, gorier movies are doing extraordinarily well. It's huge numbers. You've got... Yeah, you've got... You've got... Uh, you've missed. Uh, you've, you've got uh, Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey and everything, just Stephen King. Like, every name that this comes up on this list, and you're like, how could this possibly suck? And they managed to make it happen. That's really impressive. I think I, I think I actually understand how this might have happened. This reminds me of a gif I saw earlier today, right? It's it's the video where the guy was like he set up, he like carried like the eighteen sets of barbells, and like he placed them down one on top of the other. Yes, and he's and like he's all man. ready to do this like epic. <laughs> don't don't ruin this. Okay. He's like got this all set. He's got all of these things stacked up, like eighteen of them stacked nine high. He climbs up on the stand. And he does like a, he balances himself on these two things and he's like doing like a handstand, like completely balanced, suspended. If any of these things move out of the way, the wrong way, <laughs> this guy's landing on his face with weights falling all over him. And you want to know what the focus uh, was on this? It was like the 90 year old man in the background who was literally nailing free throws, just like throwing <laughs> them, walking up and slowly grabbing them. And then just just walking back and just knocking him in, you know. No one cared that this guy did this thing. It's nope. that it's like wow, that old man did not miss one free throw that entire time. No, nope. I feel like that's what happened here. It's like they had they had all the makings of this really like awesome video. You know, you had you had this epic scream. You had this epic book from Stephen King, which are all those weights. You've got this Jack guy who's about to do anything amazing, which is like Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. And then, boom, <laughs> you film the whole thing and you got that old guy in the background shooting free throws. And that's what <laughs> happened. It's really unfortunate. I mean, the uh, uh, maybe this would be one of those things, though. Maybe. This hasn't been out long enough, really, for uh, to be able to, to tell this for certain. But maybe it's one of those things that even though it ignores source material and does all this nonsense... That when people go out and watch it, they still get entertained, and so it's still you passable. Can ignore the source material and have a good movie. It's yeah. fine, but like when you have Stephen King, that's not source material you ignore. Yeah, oh boy, George exactly. Lucas, that's I can see stupid. you ignoring the source material, <laughs> but like, in fact, you, you should know, intentionally make it make an effort to ignore. Maybe just throw the George dialogue Lucas. out. Yeah. Know? I, it's it, yeah it, 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 so it's a bit unfortunate but it's there I hope you know for me I feel like the even better move for this would have been a Netflix series uh, I think yeah. that would have made way more sense for Dark Tower already done stuff so he has exactly well. I, I think it, I think it would have been a, a better move and you know what maybe this is going to sound awful but maybe this movie does so bad for the Dark Tower name that Netflix can buy it up cheap so that it will happen and do it properly and i i would i would i would love to see that shit i think it would be great and i bet you idris would still be on board with it 
it strikes me as as material that Idris is probably interested in by himself in the first place. So I bet you he'd probably still be on, on board with it if that's the way it goes. Hey, there's another guy that I really like on this list. His name's Woody Harrelson. Uh, I don't know a Woody Harrelson. I do know a Wood Harrelson. Wood, yes, I, I forgot the Y in the, in the notes there. Wood Harrelson. Woody's a strange brother. What would, what would Wood Harrelson do? Uh, I, I, I mean... Tell us about it. Uh, okay, Wood Harrelson uh, is, is one of two things. He is, he is either a uh, ironically named uh, crafts, you know, wood, woodsman's shore, store owner, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, or he's a really poorly named porn actor. Those are the so two you got options. Wood for Wood Harrelson. Yes, that's exactly what. That's All exactly right. where I'm going with that. Uh, All right, now that was, I've completely derailed your segue, <laughs> yeah, go for it. He's, there was no real segue to that to begin with, but he was talking a bit about the Han Solo movie, and we've talked about the Han Solo movie, I believe, in the past on the podcast, uh, talking about our, our, our thoughts on it, and then obviously some of the stuff that's happened around it, uh, chiefly the fact that they let go. What was it? Who was it that they let go? The director. Was it the director? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so yeah, they were just, just like, hey, peace. get the fuck out of here. You're messing this up. And it was because they were getting a little too loose and a little too comedic in different ways that they weren't so happy about. And so it was funny, uh, I guess it might be a stupid punny word to use there, when Woody comes out and says, hey, um, the the uh, the Han Solo movie is, you know, should be the funny, uh, you know, the funniest Star Wars movie. And then I stopped and was like, wait a minute, that doesn't seem like something you should say after all the shit that's happened. And then you go in and you read about it. And sure enough, he's <laughs> talking about how the fact this movie is going to be like really funny. And which I, uh, you know, when you think of Han Solo, obviously there's going to be the, the, uh, the downplayed one-liners are like Han Solo's character, right? As, as far as the, the comedic value goes. But I just thought it was really freaking weird. I, I'm sure that it is going to be a funny, uh, a funnier Star Wars movie. I don't know how much comedy they need to cram into this thing. But uh, Han Solo it, wasn't necessarily comedy. He was comedic relief. But he was unintentional. Wasn't necessarily. I don't even say. I wouldn't even say it was unintentional. It's not like his main note isn't comedy. Yeah, he had wit and sarcasm to him. And that was part of the character, but he's not necessarily a funny guy. He's pretty serious. He you know, does serious things. So, yeah, I can see it definitely being, you know, more lighthearted than some of the other movies like Row One. But, you know, I don't necessarily think it's going to be like, you know, it's not going to, it shouldn't be like a comedy. No, of course not. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy you know, to, to see that they're still obviously going to keep humor in it. I don't think, I don't know yeah. how many people would have thought they weren't going to, but it obviously gave, it gave me man of steel. Yeah. It gave me a little bit of uh, cause for concern. Just, you know, obviously with the turmoil of firing a director at this stage in the game anyway, even though it does happen relatively frequently in the movie business, but, uh, around a star Wars movie, it's not necessarily something you hear about, you know, every day. And so it gave me a little cause for concern. And then the, the, the reasoning behind it was also, you know, okay, well, how how not funny are we going to make a, a Han Solo movie? You know, how far down the rabbit hole is that going to go? Uh, and, and so... You don't what go Ace ex- Ventura. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? That would be 
I'd be okay with that. That's actually in, what in they a, compared it to. Like uh, people, the people were like, "Yeah, they were kind of going the Ace Ventura route for Han Solo, which wasn't quite right." <laughs> for a parody movie, sure, okay, uh, yeah. but I don't think we need to go any. I don't think we need to go that route for the the real thing. Uh, I, I I guess uh, Woody in in the movie plays Han's mentor uh, is his role in this movie, and so the thing that I'm now looking forward to is um, or or interested in is is Woody's character going to have that same humor? And is that where Han picked it up from? Or was Han just inherently a bit of an ass? Uh, and then and then there's going to be a little play on between those two characters. want to know who I'm excited to see more than anything? Donald Glover. I, uh, Donald Glover is a god, dude. As that young dude Lando? That would be amazing. amazing. I want to. I really want to see that. I want to see yes. that badly. Absolutely more than I want to see Han. Oh well, well, I mean, uh, I think I think that coincidentally, um, for me anyway, I'm I'm more interested in basically every other character in the Han Solo movie than Han. Than Han. Yeah. <laughs> Both in terms of the people that they chose to play the characters and the characters themselves. Uh, so yeah, pretty much. <laughs> for better or worse there you have it uh and hopefully it does turn i mean they have such a crazy awesome cast in that movie that i have to imagine it's going to turn out well even despite some of the the hiccups that they've had uh so we, we won't get too concerned about it I'm, I'm sure james cameron who has done a number of of relatively large movies uh, in his career you've probably heard of some of them one of them uh would be titanic which happened long enough ago what? now that it makes me feel old. <laughs> I still drop Titanic jokes on my cousin. Um, mostly what? because she watched Titanic in theaters 12 times. Oh my god, that is a long time to be sitting in a theater. Holy shit. Yeah, and she made some joke about that time frame, like about Super Nintendo or something. I'm like, look, could have just watched Titanic like another three times and it probably would have been fine. Oh uh, my! Yeah, Titanic is still relevant <laughs> in my family circle for mockery. I think Titanic. I think my mom is, saw it like six times. I think Titanic is is always relevant because it was just the big. It's a good I, movie. I, it's a it's a really. I don't good know movie. about twelve times in theaters. Good. No, I don't think so. I, I could agree with you on that one, but uh, you know, it, it's obviously a landmark movie and will forever be a landmark movie. Uh, it it stood at the number one seeing a movie three times in a theater, and that was yeah. Iron Man one. The um, I mean, what was it? it? It held the number one grossing movie for how long? Like it was forever, wasn't it? It took Avatar to de- was it Avatar that dethroned it? I think something like that. Uh, so it was I mean, something it, like that. It was another it James Cameron around. movie. Yeah, it, yeah, it was another. Ja- yeah. Only James Cameron beats James Cameron. He only. Ma- Nobody, Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. blood. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. uh you know that that was that was kind of crazy, and I just remember, I just remember that it was also the only movie that I ever owned that came on two separate VHS tapes. Where you got oh, man, so far? I remember that. I was going to mention that, like the double did double yeah, decker. Yeah. So you had to like take what you're like. Oh shit! We hit the end of double tape the rewinder. One. That's my question, though. Do you rewind the first tape as you finish it, or do you put oh. in the second tape and then rewind them both? Oh, like that was always my conundrum. I feel like I. I I feel like because I was a kid, I probably def- I didn't have the patience to, to, to take the time to rewind it before swapping them out. 
but you know, in in reality, some sometime now, I'd probably imagine that I would. No, that's a lie. I'd probably just keep watching it and rewind both of them afterwards. I don't think I could do that to my like. I, like, if you're stopping and rewinding it, that it doesn't take like thirty seconds to rewind a movie. Even if you had one of those hyper speed, like three or four minutes. Yeah, yeah. Even if you had the, like those super fast ones that sound like the VCR was going to explode at any given minute and the heat was coming off of it because it was Be moving so fast. Rewind. Yes. I never saw that movie. It's probably was it any good? Did you ever see it? It wasn't a movie. It was literally just the thing they always had on the tapes. Be kind, rewind. No, be kind, rewind. I'm positive that was a movie. If that was a movie, I did not watch it then because I didn't even know it was a movie. Now I have to Google it. Yes, it was. Starring uh, Jack Black, uh, of, of all people. And it, How uh, old is this movie? Uh, 2008 was the original release. Um, and it, VHSs uh, weren't even around. It took, it took, what the t- shit, Jack Black? <laughs> it had a, it had a budget of $20 million and it had an earth shattering $30.6 million box office. People pay to watch that bullshit. They did. That it was a made thing. money. It did. It made money. Oh my God. <laughs> it did. That I feel like that's thing. something I would see in freaking Tropic Thunder or something as one of those lead-in <laughs> trailers for fake movies. Oh, uh, it's Jack good, God. though. It happened. God, rewind. It happened. But all of that is to say, that is the longest way to get to the point of this of this this headline, was that it's the 20th anniversary coming up for the Titanic movie, and so James Cameron and uh, Nat, uh, Nat, no, Nat Geo... Um, are getting together to do a uh, to do a documentary uh, on the film, which is probably going to be pretty awesome, and I'm probably going to want to watch that because, uh, you know, even though I've seen some of the you know the documentary ish type stuff, the behind the scenes stuff that they did for Titanic to show how they did some of the things, I think them doing one now in a bit of a retrospective, they'll probably bring in, I imagine anyway, some of the actors involved uh, as well to talk about it. I think it'll be probably pretty neat. So. I thought I'd toss that, uh, toss that in there. Is that something that Is you would watch? Is it going to be in 4K, 4K 3D? Probably. Something Supermax Probably. animated video? Something that we don't even have Blu-ray players for yet. It doesn't exist. <laughs> if they're not including... Somebody chat said, Colin said in chat, if they're not including Celine Dion on that documentary, then it's bullshit. <laughs> um, oh, I man, that song, I actually 150% agree with that. Yeah, it's true. That song has got to be in there. Like that song actually made that song was part of the reason the movie was so huge, and Hell that was yeah. also part of the reason that that song was so huge. Absolutely. I mean, Celine Dion was already a huge, like huge star to begin with for that movie. And it just yeah, it was dude, a perfect synergy. The I remember, I remember that song was so huge. Even I listened to that shit on repeat, like just nonstop. And then um, it was popular enough. I mean, what? what when did that come out? 97? Was yeah, that when so that was came- 1996 or 97? I think okay, it was 96. So- I remember this. I remember this. I might... I don't think I can get in trouble for this because I'm 30 years old now. But <laughs> my parents pretty much like... At like 9 or 10 o'clock at night, right when my brother and I were about to go to sleep, they were just like... Yeah, we're going to just go go out and do some groceries and we'll be back in like a couple of minutes. And then they weren't back for like three hours. <laughs> and apparently my mom and dad went out to go watch Titanic. Oh, snap. And 
get and called like, out. Again, we were like, I was like 10 or 11 or something. So it wasn't like a, it wasn't like anything like super crazy, but like they very rarely left us home alone like that for any long period of time. Um, so it was like, it was one of those things. It's amazing. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, but it was like one of the few. That, that movie was so big that my parents went out and like ditched us to go watch it. Ditched the theaters. kids to go see it. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I uh, I can remember distinctly in school somebody had one. We were doing. I can't even remember what the project was. To be completely honest with you, uh, but it was one of those things that it was coming up at the end of the semester, and so it was. People were you know a bit jokey about it, and and. The days were shorter because it was the end of the school year or, or whatnot. And one of the guys in the class <laughs> dressed up <laughs> in like a dress and everything and went up to the front of the class and it had a boom box with him and dropped the boom box at the front of the class and straight up sang that fucking song in front of the whole class for his presentation. <laughs> and that was his entire presentation. He had no we work put in. He had to. Nothing. He just dressed. We had to dressed. sing that song in chorus class. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, like we had to sing it for a concert in elementary school, I think, or like something ridiculous. Might have been seventh grade for me, which was a little bit later. Yeah. I just remember it, them being like, this song is important. It was, I mean, it. there's only so many things about that movie that I remember. I remember uh, seeing a pair of tits as a kid, which was always a 10 out of 10. Uh, and then I remember... When the ship breaks in half and the dude falls and he hammers that vent so fucking hard, you cringe every time you see it. Uh, and then I remember Celine Dion singing that song. And those are like the three major points of Titanic uh, in no particular order. But I, I will say that, <laughs> that that guy falling and hitting that vent is one of the greatest things in film. It is so good. And the noise is so fucking perfect. And it just sounds amazing. It looks so painful. And then you realize that he probably had the easiest out of anyone on the entire ship. So whatever. It didn't matter. Real um, criminal on that boat was Rose. Oh, don't start the fucking... There was room. Oh, for fuck's sake. It was pretty bad. You know, though. I gotta go there. Oh yeah, it was pretty bad though. It was pretty bad though. But it was, it was, it was nuts how far ahead of of, of you know everyone else Titanic was. I and mean, it's James Cameron. He's always ahead oh, yeah. of everybody else. But uh, the production in that movie was insane, absolutely crazy. I don't know what the budget was for the movie at the time. I kind of want to know <laughs> what the budget was. Uh, it was pretty large. Well, I would think so. Let's see. 200 million US dollars was the budget for that. Um, That's crazy. Do me another favor. Do 200 million 1995 dollars in 2017. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Is 1995 dollars were actually a lot more valuable than they are now. Uh, how would I give you yeah, 1997 in 2016? How about that? That's that good close enough. enough. That's close enough. Calculate. Um, th- three hundred million today in twenty sixteen. So about <clears throat> about sixty percent of Destiny's production budget. Yeah, sixty. Yeah, sixty percent of it. But it went on to make <laughs> over two billion dollars. Yeah, pretty much. Just an 
absolutely absurd amount of money in box office uh and and beyond i mean just it's and it's still just making money i'm sure when it's the anniversary we're gonna see it come out i wouldn't shock me if they came out in like imax or or some shit if they like brought it back oh, that, to theaters that movie is gonna come back in theaters for the 20th anniversary yeah it'll doing be like with lesser movies it's definitely coming out 4k hdr uh, you know, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to do original <laughs> film. They're going to run the original film rolls. Well, they'll do like, that, but they'll, the re- they'll and run it out. Yeah, they'll do. But when they re- they'll re-release it on on Blu-ray in 4K HDR, all that nonsense. It'll it'll get the full treatment, I'm sure, and it will be like some anniversary <laughs> pack with like the documentary and and all that nonsense. And and I'll probably end up buying it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> probably end up owning that. Uh, here's one. That's kind of I could have almost followed this up with the the, the Star Wars related stuff. Um, as we all know, or most of us know, Harold Ramis, who was an absolute god, uh, passed away not that long ago. I mean, what was it? Last year? Was it? It was recent. It was like a year. Or two. I was thinking it might have been two years at this point. Yeah. Um, but he pa- he passed away. If you don't know who Harold Ramis is, if you've seen if you've seen uh, Ghostbusters, he was uh, Aegon or Egon, Egon, Aegon, Egon, Egon. So always confused as to what how the E is supposed Go. to be pronounced. Ray. <laughs> Egon. Egon. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's how you. That's how you remember it. Obviously. So uh, yeah, he passed away, and there's always there's been rumors of. Ghostbusters three for years now, like forever, and it's and and Murray's talked about it, Aykroyd's talked about it. I'm pretty sure Ramis has talked about it, uh, or or you know throughout the last I don't know ten years, pretty much. I would I have to imagine at this point, and uh, it's been it's been a it's it has sounded like it was really close to production, and then it all went up in flames, and then it would get really close again, and then it all went up in flames, and then there'd be different reasons, you know. Murray wasn't happy, or Aykroyd had a hemorrhoid and couldn't get it fucking to happen, or like whatever it was. There was always excuses, uh, and I guess it's back to the point where they're kind of talking about it again. But now, of course, the problem is one of the three are uh, well, they're dead. And uh, with the advent of all the crazy technology that we've been injecting dead actors into movies with, the whole concept of having a completely CGI uh, Ramus reprise his role as as Egon, well, I mean, it comes up. And apparently his daughter uh, was asked about it, and she was saying, well, you know, it's kind of crazy to me that they would consider doing that, but I would think about, you know, what would dad think? And, and I, you know, she said, I'm pretty sure that if it was done really well, uh, and, and Murray and Aykroyd or whatever were okay with it, I guess, then, then he'd do it. And if it was really bad, then he wouldn't do it, which makes perfectly good sense, I guess, if you think about it. But I'll, I'll ask you this question. Is there a way to really do that well and not have it be horrible having a CGI Harold Ramis reprise his role as Egon? <sighs> Mark, um, I know you're our editor and you're probably watching this live, but this might be the one time that that anger meter might actually work. <laughs> um, I'm going to let you talk and have a nibble of this Absolutely not. Absolutely not should they do a CGI Harold Ramis. You want to know why? For Peter Cushing's, it made sense because Grand Moff Tarkin, he was an important character, but he's not some huge, massive character 
that was defining of the entire Star Wars thing. So when you CGI him for the purposes of making Rogue One for like a small thing to kind of have him in there makes perfect friggin' sense, okay? You know, they approve everything's fine. Harold Ramis, you know, on, on, on many different levels was a very unique personality. Um, in Ghostbusters, he was a character, but he wasn't usually an actor. He's a writer, producer, comedian. Um, and I don't think there's any way, and he was a very unique one at that. Um, I don't think there's any way in hell, even though you might get someone that looks like him, CGI, but there's maybe one other person, two other people combined who can get Harold Ramis's, um type of humor and put it together into a usable quantity. Um, one of them is one of the guys he worked with, which was Dan Aykroyd. Um, they were like best friends and they, and you know, they could, they understood each other's humor. And surprisingly enough, I would say Zach Braff and Harold Ramis worked together on a couple of different projects. Um, they also had kind of similar styles of humor, which is more rare these days. Um, so having a full CGI Egon, I don't think it really works. Um, and personally, the only way I would kind of see it fly in a Ghostbusters movie is if he's coming back as a ghost or something, maybe, you know, do something. But it's kind of hard because they never gave closure on what happened to him. So him coming back as a ghost is kind of weird. So I feel like it's kind of unnecessary. Um, if you're going to reboot it, you know, reboot the franchise. Don't have the old guys come in to make a cameo. And sure as hell, don't 3D CG cameo Harold Ramis as much as you may want to. Um, you know, I don't feel like you'd be able to capture the essence of him as a character, and I feel like it would actually detract. No, I agree it's with that. More of a gimmick, which is no good. I think yeah. you can. I think you can get away with um, with CGI like they did with Tarkin in 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 Star Wars, if only because I mean, let's be honest, how much screen time did he really have? There wasn't that much of it. Yeah, I was like, and, you know, you can, but and you looked at it, and you're like, this is definitely CGI. You could one hundred percent tell. It was. But they super, did it well. Yeah, it was super obvious that it was CGI, but they did it very well, obviously, and they got his facial expressions and everything down. But the the thing about Tarkin, you know, is, it's not like it's not like he. I'm trying to say this without really pissing off people. Uh, what was the guy's name that played Tarkin again? It's eluding me right now. Um, Peter Cushing's. Uh, Peter Cushing. So. Um, it's not like Cushing's had, in that role, a whole lot of really unique mannerisms uh, in the body, which is a little bit more difficult to do than the face, because the face is, is obviously the part that they can spend the most time on the crafting. The body mannerisms, I feel like, are a little bit more difficult to pull off in yeah. that case. And he walked around with his hands behind his back all the time. Like it wasn't like they, he did anything crazy. And even in his face, yeah. there wasn't that much going on. Like he was, he was supposed to he he was this super serious militant hard ass, but he kept, his voice was almost always low. He was calm about almost everything all the time. Like I said, hands behind back, didn't do a whole lot of moving. And so when he when they when he was put back into this movie in CGI, 
Uh, it wasn't an enormous hurdle for them, to say the least. I imagine it was yeah. it was difficult and took some time. But if you compared that to trying to recreate Ramus's character in Ghostbusters to the point where he's playing a lead role <laughs> in, in the I movie. I don't know if it's going to be a lead role, but he's a lead Ghostbuster and you'd need to give... He, you can't necessarily... You can't. I don't think you should be CGI recreating someone who was a lead character. No! Right? Because it, it's hard to do that transition. But then, it, like, how know, else are they going to do it? Yeah. Like... If they're gonna, if they're gonna, if they're gonna write him out of the movie and say something happens and and oh no, now Egon is not part of the gang, but he's in the movie for the first like twenty minutes, and so he's only got you know seven, ten minutes of screen time in total where they have to do the CGI stuff. Okay, uh, weird. I still don't think they should do the the Ghostbusters movie if it's only Aykroyd and uh, and and Murray to begin with. But uh, I, th- I, mean, I just think it's doing way it, too they much. need to do it like years later and then just be like, oh, hey, he died of a heart attack or something 10 years ago. Whatever. Yeah. Do it that way. Yeah. I'd rather just have them give him a verbal send off than anything and have a photo of him in the house or something like that's yeah, exactly. Because, you know, guess what? Actors die. We don't need to resurrect them with CGI. No, I think that's I think that's the 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 thing. I think it can be done tastefully, to say the least. I think that they're they're or just have them come back as a ghost or something for like a gag reel thing. Yeah, I mean there there could be a number of ways they could take it, but I don't think re, I don't think doing an entire movie and then having him be you know done that way is is necessarily the way to the way to, the way to take that. Uh, I think how they're handling it in Star Wars makes perfectly good sense because uh, Tarkin needed yeah. to exist in in that movie uh, for it to work. Uh, but he wasn't a yeah. Tarkin a, was done properly, but yet he wasn't. Yeah, and be, and because he didn't have that mm-hmm. much time on screen, it wasn't the end of the world. Leia also same thing. End of the movie shows up five seconds. They you know give her 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 you know makeover to make her look like she's twenty years old again. Uh, and and they're gonna have to do that again. <laughs> uh, that wasn't her. That was just CGI. No, um, I know different actress. No, I know. So yeah. they're gonna ha- and they're gonna have to, to my knowledge. Uh, I don't know if they had all the yeah. stuff already prepped with Leia. For, they had everything done. For did they? Episode nine. Yeah, she was done. She but was I done thought. Uh, but I think they still. I thought. I thought that. Well, maybe I'm. Maybe I misread that. I thought they still had. Not maybe not for the next movie, but there were other things that she needed. Not to be for done nine, for. but they had everything done for. They had everything done for eight. Yeah, like all yeah, principal yeah. filming and items were done. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, there's ways to do it. I just don't think that this is the way to do it. And I don't think of all the things to do it for, Ghostbusters 3 is the one <laughs> to make your stand on. Uh, as much as I'd love to see Ghostbusters 3, because Ghostbusters is I'm a huge is Ghostbusters awesome. fan. Oh, it's great. I'm a huge uh, Ghostbusters fan. It's amazing. But I, I just I, wish I, they would, I wish they would reboot the franchise and do it properly. You know, they haven't, we haven't had a Ghostbusters movie in what, 10, 15 years? Yeah, but I don't think, uh, well, yeah, we're going to ignore the, the, <laughs> The all-female one that <laughs> recently came out. There was no Ghostbusters movie yeah, for like true. the past fifteen years. Adam, yeah, yeah, that's maybe true. twenty. That's true. It's more Just than like I, they never made Diablo three. It's been a lot longer than that. <laughs> but they, uh, but yeah, they. Uh, I, I would like to see them do it, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I think the problem is. I doubt that that Murray or Aykroyd want to hand over the reins to a, a group of young people to truly reboot the movie uh, or the franchise. Uh, I don't think they either could do of them a lot down with for that. the Ghostbusters in 2017. <laughs> well, 
I'm not going to make. I'm not. I can't. Think about I'm, not, it. I'm not. No. Go. You. You go. You, do a you go. A lot ahead. with that. Yeah. I, I don't a, know what they would do with it, but they who, could do a lot with it. There's a plays, lot of great comedians in our day and age. Who play? Who plays Trump? Like, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm who not plays, saying remake <laughs> it with you know existing characters. Who plays Trump? Get Donald Trump 3. to play Donald Trump because no one, <laughs> no one else is stupid <laughs> enough to play Trump. All right. That's about as political as I'm going to get. <laughs> oh, you know, you know who's going to play him. It would be. It would be. Uh, what's his name? Fucking the. Uh, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. <laughs> Alec Baldwin would take that every single time. Oh, uh, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, looking at my recording time, I would say that we've we've filled up roughly about as much time as as needed for this segment. We could we could try and extend it if if we wanted to, but we've got to get to side B and tackle some of those questions from the patrons themselves so we're going to call it for side a on that one i hope you guys uh, enjoyed listening to it if you're on itunes or on uh, youtube or listening to this anywhere other than twitch you'll have to wait for the release of side b maybe it's already released by the time you're getting to this for those of you on twitch uh we will be back after a brief break with more uh side b technical alpha uh but until then we'll see you next time peace